Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to PR360. And uh, we have a great guest today. It's Sana A. Ahmed, a remote strategist and ideator. She graduated with a BA in marketing communications and has worked in all aspects of digital marketing since 2011. She's built major websites for household names such as MIT and Education First and improved brands for numerous clients and creative owners. She currently focuses on creating monsters through branding, strategy, and ideation facilitation as a communications consultant in her own company. So uh, is there anything I missed? No, Todd, thank you for the warm welcome and great greeting. Appreciate it. No problem. Uh, I was once told on another show I was doing is don't hype the guests too much because they they can't live up to it. Like if you go, this is the most fantastic human being, and then the, like the bar has been set, uh, yeah, way too high here. <laughs> uh, so uh, after taking a look into what you do, it's interesting too because you quote say on your website you make monster brands with monster plans, and. Yeah. Uh, so please, what is a monster brand? Yeah, uh, a monster brand is essentially somebody who's willing to face something. You have to have, when you're creating a brand, you can't just be for everybody. You have to be for someone. And oftentimes they're pitted against something else. There's always an enemy, so to say, to fight. Um, interesting enough, we always focus, in my opinion, uh, we get these very bland, uh, vanilla type of personal brands out there just because it's most common best mm-hmm. advice. And what I'm really looking for is something edgier, more unique that really differentiates a person. And the best way that I can find out what that is is what someone is against. Okay. And I think that in our society we tend to find the thing that we're against that makes us like a bad person for, and maybe, I don't know, in some cases that definitely would, but in a lot of cases, some people feel like they're not, they don't feel like they're up to saying what they're against because they might get scapegoated. They might get told that they're wrong and, and it kind of rolls down this whole hill where they're not the person that they want to be known for. And I think that the best way to really brand is to figure out what you are mm-hmm. up against and have that, uh, face it, uh, face it so that other people can kind of face that thing through you. And that's really what I'm trying to do with people when we're doing personal branding, um, monster brands with monster yeah. plans. Wow. Okay. Uh, it reminds me, there's the old saying, and I think it's Kipling, I think, uh, said that man must make a beast of himself to get over the fear of being a man, you know? Yeah, it is. Kind of have to be like that um, online these days. It's it. You are going to be faced with incongruencies. And if you can't face those incongruencies, then it looks kind of funky and then people will question you for it. And then and then you either hide or you face that. So uh, I think that you said it perfectly, that that's what it's all about, really. Uh, form of self-development, but, you know, being known for something and helping people uh, and serving people at the same time. So, you know, it's kind of like, um, it was, I think it was 
uh, I, I'm quoting a bunch of people here, which is like, I can sound like a really pretentious uh, guy here, but no, but it was, I think it was Dolly Parton that said, uh, find out who you are and then do it on purpose, right? So I guess with a brand, you're doing that. You're like, okay, here's here's this unique characteristic of this person, and now how do we blow it up and then put it in opposition to something else? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's uh, my mentor, Marty Neumeyer. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know, but he is like the brand father of mm-hmm. branding, essentially. And he had said this, that if everyone is zigging zag, okay. and that just essentially means that if everybody's going in the same direction, which tends to often happen when we try to brand ourselves. We try to do the best practices. We try to do the things that will make us popular and well-liked. It often takes away from something that is very unique Mm -hmm. to us. And I think that making that the thing that you lead with is it's an exciting thing. It's an exciting possibility. And it definitely stops people in their tracks Mm -hmm. a little bit. And it's, it's great. Everybody has a social proof. Everybody's got the, you know, the expertise, but if you can lead with something that is, I wouldn't say contrarian, but you know, I don't know. I think that's the best word (laughs) in this case is, you know, it's, you're coming from an opposite standpoint. You're giving people something to think about from the get go. And, and that is something that people actually really Mm. like. Um, You wouldn't think that, based on what you see, right? Every, everybody's zigging because you think everybody likes that thing, but people really like things that differentiate. It's just really human. Um, we like to categorize things. And so if we peg something, we get bored yeah. of it. And humans like novelty. And so this is a way to categorize yourself in someone's mind and 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 hold that, hold that space in their mind, which is absolutely important in branding. So how do you make sure that, that, it, that it comes off as genuine, right? Because... I think I remember I once took a class and was like in stand up comedy and they're like, you know, if you're the guy going out there and you're acting like the tough guy insult comic, but you're really not that person in real life, uh, no one's going to believe you. Right. There has to be an ounce of truth in, in whatever you're doing. So how do you make sure that people come off as genuine when you're creating this brand? I think that's the difficult part. That's the difficult part. Um, So for me, it's a lot about self-awareness, right? And I think it's easy for anybody to say self-awareness. I think I'm, I like to think I'm self-aware. I don't know if I'm really, really that self-aware. Just being truth being told and that which I don't know is going to probably bite me in the ass (laughs) a little bit, right? So I think the big thing that is, and it goes for everybody, I think the big thing that we can do to combat, you know, that lack of authenticity or maybe the non genuineness that we might feel someone is coming across, right? Are you, are you really, do you really believe in this or are you just virtue signaling, right? right? You know, what, what's going on underneath it? I think the best way to do this is just to ask and form, you know, find a coach, find a community, find people that you trust their opinions and won't lead to confirmation bias, right? They'll really test you and challenge you. I like to think that that's what I serve my clients with. Mm-hmm. And um, and when I'm online, you know, in the midst of Twitter or whatever it is, if somebody says something that's just curious, you know, I'll question it. I'll just be like, hey, what do you mean? Or, you know, that's a nice way of saying it. But, you know, there's it's way to formulate what we're actually thinking to one another. And I think the 
best thing that we can do, especially in our times right now, is to be able to articulate yourself and for other people to understand you. Um, but I think that the only way to do that is if you're willing to move towards self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I, and it's, it's difficult. It really, it, I don't think it's something that you can go on a mountain and, and be like, yes, uh, now I will create a personal brand. It's, it doesn't work like that. I think it's an ongoing process and we're all learning from one another. Everything's happening all at once and you kind of have to form alliances and and not even just that you kind of have to just talk with other people and and relate to things about life i think that's the only way it's going to happen and with your openness to learn uh and what types of industries or what types of uh, people are you branding right now uh does that make sense what type of people are you branding i don't know What, what kind of monsters are you making out there right now yeah, yeah. So I think this really works out for creators mostly. And I love uh, creators in a way that everybody wants to come out here and and be different. And the best thing that I can do for creators is show them a way that they can brand themselves that is different. Right now, a lot of creators tend to look the same. They tend to look like, you know, um, any of the top YouTubers that are out there, any of the people that tend to just copy the strategies that they're using. And I think that that works to a degree, but everybody wants someone a little bit different. And I think that we all have something very unique to offer. And um, for instance, I I say creators, but it's, I've veered, I have, I don't know if you've known this, Mm -hmm. Todd, um, but I've done a lot of work in thought leadership. So I've worked with thinkers, authors, um, people who work with frameworks and just think deeply mm-hmm. about things. And I miss that a lot of the times because in creator culture, what we tend to have is you just kind of get out there and get attention. But what for exactly? Yeah. And so I've been in a process right now really talking to some really unique individuals um, who want to be creators, who want to have an online presence, who want to create on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever it is. But what they want to do is they want to share ideas and they want to share their thoughts and they want to share them in a formulated way that isn't going to, you know, just toss something regurgitated out there. They want to create something really unique. And um, I find these people to be category designers. Um, I don't know if you you, listen to Nicholas Yeah, could you unpack that? That's a little jargony. What's a category designer? What what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm like a happy subscriber to Category Pirates. Um, They just do they think really, really well um, around the idea of creating a category and um, just kind of give you a little bit of a rundown. Um, We don't necessarily, like I said before, people tend to categorize things, right? We have uh, phones, we have TVs, we like, you know, there, and then there's electronics, but there's a lot in that, that, you know, you can deduce and say, okay, there's this type of electronic, this type of electronic. Now, if you want to create something new, mm. right? If you want to create like the next, you can't just say branded the next iPhone. You have to have some languaging around it that is going to create a unique category okay. that is either going to move alongside the iPhone or something something new. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard, there's like a prank going on right now about paper phones. No, I've I missed and, that. And... Uh, 
It's yeah, it's it's really my uh, dad told me about it and he was laughing. He's just like, it's real. And I was like, it is totally <laughs> fake. It is a prank. It's um, you'll see it if you go uh, search it. There's people with paper phones and they're just saying, tell me your number. And it's all recorded. Right. And they're like, they'll tell them the number. They'll dial it and then it'll end up on their phone. Right. The, the dial and they can actually talk back and forth. There is a hidden speaker somewhere. Oh. Right. And someone else is texting them from another location. Um, but it, they're basically saying that Google has created this whole thing. It's a special project in order to, you know, be the next, have the next innovative right. thing. And it's totally right. fake. That's amazing. Right? But it's unique. But that, it is, it's, it's kind of an amazing idea. And, and my dad's like, this is, this is real. This is, technology is advancing. And I was like, this is not technology. <laughs> this is not real. But the idea behind it, right? The idea behind creating something new, creating a new category, a paper phone. Like instantly you can already have in your mind what that yeah. is, right? Aside from it, it beats the idea of what electronic is and it beats the idea of what a phone does, but it does the same thing that you needed to do, the main main things. Um, there is the same thing like soap. We had bar soap. And how did liquid soap become a thing? Right. Same idea is just you created a new category, you decided to, you know, turn soap into something that you can wash your hands with and it and it helps people who are germaphobes and don't want to touch your bar soap. <laughs> and so then the next ideation of that would be going, how about we make steam soap? Right? Like, you know, what what are some <laughs> other ways we could do that? Um okay. So let's yeah. let's say this. Let's say uh, I come to you and I go, I wanna create a cooking podcast, right? And so then let, let, me, let me see if I'm getting this right. So I, I come to you and you go, okay, great. There's a billion cooking podcasts. You know, what, do you, what are you against? And then, and I'll go, um, maybe I'm against certain aspects of culinary culture. I don't like pretentious culinary culture. I want to make down-home foods and be like, and then, and then I'd be like the, the down-home cook, right? But then I'd, I'd monsterize it. And I'd, I'd be like the aggressive down home cook, right? And and now I've got <laughs> something, right? And then I, I create some words around it. Yeah. So then I'm I'm making I'm these are my down home mashed potatoes. These are my non pretentious mashed potatoes. They don't have skins in them, you know. And so and then and then they, we we get rolling on that ball. Is that is that how would you deal with my cooking podcast? How would you? Well, I think that's great. Uh, I wonder what kind of cooking is. Is it American cooking? Because it sounds like mashed potatoes is, is right under there with American cooking. I guess so, yeah. And if it's American then, okay, American home cooking. Um, and then, yeah, if you wanted to monsterize it, what would that essence of you wanting to come out be? If it's aggression, okay, like... Totally fine. I think that's a really great yep. angle. Um, but if it's not authentic, I try to find the authentic side to it and, 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 and make that a part of your thing. Because people are looking for things that are, you know, non-pretentious or the non-fine dining mm -hmm. and something that you can just do at home and enjoy with your family members. And if you can have a unique way of sharing that, that's something that gives you definitely a unique edge for sure. So I think you're you're right on the ball with that one. Okay, Todd. good. I'm just ma I'm, I'm just making sure I'm getting what you're selling here because I was listening to this and thinking about myself. I was like, oh no, I have no brand. You know, I'm like I'm 
I'm plain wrap. You know, you walk into the store in the 80s and you got waffles and it was just a yellow box that said waffles on it. That's me right now. So I need to I need to monsterize this or else it's going nowhere. Yeah, you know? it's plain wrap. The, the, the funny thing is, though, is that it's you would think that monsterize, right, or monster, like it it's just this negative, dark, edgy sort of thing, and it doesn't have to be that way. It really isn't. It's about finding a core essence of what someone represents, and if you're playing saran wrap, then how does that make sense online? And is there a market for people who like <laughs> plain saran wrap? And I probably think that online these days, there's something for everybody, and uh, it would be it would be interesting, right? Like there's so much authentic content like that that makes you laugh, makes you feel like, you know, it's it doesn't have to be all um, red pill stuff all the time or, you know, script writing, calligraphy and coloring books. Like there is like, you know, a middle ground for certain people. And I think that that works. Uh, and it's interesting to find out how that works. I like that. I, there we go. That's my new brand, the world's most basic guy, you know? <laughs> I say inoffensive <laughs> things, and you know, and then I'm like, "What? Well, I'm not so sure about that." Just with most things, I don't know. I don't really have a thought on that, you know. Let's see how long that, see how well that yeah. goes. Um, I I love all this. This is good. This is getting my brain going. Um, so what's uh, and uh, and then obviously as Mister Plain Rap Guy, my my enemy would be the interesting and the opinionated, right? Uh, so. Saran wrap is it would it be or are we like are we because here's a fun thing here's a mental exercise that you could take um if saran wrap is what you're comparing yourself to what are the enemies of saran wrap well i was thinking like plain wrap right like the no brand kind of thing and that that would be against you think clean wrap yeah and so um oh look there's a child behind me. Um, so I'm sorry. I'm getting. I'm, I'm losing the plot here. Uh, yeah, the the enemy of that would be that which is non milk toast and interesting and edgy and and all those things. Uh, so what's what's a piece of advice that you've seen in the personal branding community that you disagree with? Um, there's a lot uh, recently. There's been a huge push to anti niching. And I think that that's just misinformed advice uh, because humans categorize people like they don't necessarily understand you off the bat. They kind of have to peg you for something like what do you do? Right. Or what are you about? What is the thing that you offer? Essentially, if you can't answer that question, that becomes a big, big issue. Um, so oh, but why, that, why do people? Why, uh, I'm sorry. Why do people push the anti niching thing? What's the rationale? Yeah. So a lot of people right now have been talking about anti-niching as a way for a creator to feel a little bit more free because what ends up happening is in a niche, you tend to, I guess, exhaust the uh, amount of pieces of content that you could write or the topics within a niche that you could talk about. And if you've talked about everything from every different angle, you might start to feel a little bit like there's a lack of diversity. There's a lack of feeling like I can be quote unquote creative. And I think that that tends to be a bit of an issue that I've found ways to overcome that. Meaning it's not necessarily like you're gritting 
and bearing it and moving towards it. Um, it's there's a lot that we can write it and create mm -hmm. about. But if you are really trying to categorize on a category, or if you're trying to ca capitalize, excuse me, on a category, you you kind of need to understand that you have to kind of you know, make sense to other people. You have to say, I do X, Y, and Z, right? I do these things for this type of person. I talk about this thing so that when they come back and they're listening to you, they can follow a train of thought with you. People don't necessarily want to follow people off the bat. They want to follow the things that they're interested mm -hmm. in. And so if you say, hey, I'm interested in plain rap, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that I talk mm -hmm. about. Kind of have to say that from the get-go uh, and and just hope that people will understand where you're coming from. Um, but I, I'm, a big part of what I'm trying to do is uh, communicate that to other people. It's really hard to communicate that when you don't know what you're doing in the beginning. And I'm really trying to help people figure that out in the beginning stages at least. What are some other struggles that people have when they're building their own personal brand? Yeah, um, I think the, and the, it depends. So like when they're at the beginning stages versus when they're at later stages. So other things that people uh, have trouble with is storytelling. Um, oftentimes they feel like I don't know what stories to tell because I live a completely uninteresting <laughs> life. And why would anyone want to listen to me? And these stories are not as great as these other people's stories. So you tend to just kind of like cut yourself off at the knees a little bit here. And you don't really give yourself the um, thought that maybe somebody might want to listen to something that you might have yeah. to say. And um, stories are interesting because they have interesting lessons in them. They have interesting philosophies that we have about ourselves or about things that we know about our point of view. And, all of us want to have this background of what is this person's point of view. If you're in, if you're in branding, I want to understand your background of this because if I care about the topic of branding, I'm going to want to understand, okay, where did she come from? What has she learned? What has he learned? What has he talked about? How is this applied to certain things to see if it actually helps to see if it's going to change my mind about certain things because this topic is growing. It's growing. The same thing goes with TVs and cell phones. Same thing goes with literally anything in life, bar yeah. soap. Um, yeah, essentially. So, yeah, I, I think a big thing is storytelling, um, niching, storytelling. And um, I think the, the other thing, too, and this kind of overlaps with storytelling, is people's voices. Um, content tends to feel very generic because you tend to copy you tend to imi imitate before you innovate. Mm -hmm. And it, it just tends to feel like this gripping sensation. This is what I've heard from, you know, other creators. It's like, I feel like I'm not really being able to say what it is that I want to say. And I feel like I'm just regurgitating the ser same sort of things yeah. online. And voice has a huge thing to do with that. Knowing what your sounds like, knowing what, how to like leverage that for different things. Um, and it's not just the way that your voice sounds when you can kind of depict, hey, I sound energetic. Hey, I sound kind of blasé. Hey, I sound cold or distant. Um, that can reflect in your writing. That can reflect in your scripting. That can reflect in the way that you talk mm -hmm. to people. So uh, I would say that those are probably the three biggest things that I've seen 
people struggling with in terms of branding. Oh, okay. Um, so it's, you know, it's 2023. Uh, you know, we were at the beginning mm-hmm. of a, the new year here. Uh, what are you looking forward to creating or expanding or what are the big goals for Sana A. Ahmed? Yeah, thanks for asking, Todd. Uh, so this year I am coming out with a niching course. It's called, it's, I'd like to call it a niching course. Um, it's called Outcome of One. It's essentially helping you become the only obvious option. And whatever that technically means within, you know, your category. And I think the big thing is helping people find out what what their market is, what their category is, how they can build upon that, how they can be like have and cultivate the skills of an expert within their mm-hmm. niche, how they can pivot and grow out of it and actually look at it more from a strategic lens. So my goal is to really help people who um, understand that niching is something that they need to do, but they want to do it better. They want to have strategic skills and uh, they want to utilize that beyond just finding their niche you know it's there's a lot more involved kind of have to work with competition and people who copy you (laughs) and um dealing with waste and and dealing with the fact that you might feel uh like that lack of diversity that we're talking Mm -hmm. about people feel kind of bored um feel dealing with all of those things and navigating what that is so i'm really looking forward to releasing that um and then continuing on just helping people with niching my goal by the end of this year is to work on helping people figure out um how to create signature content which is essentially taking that voice and turning that into something really unique um and that people can you know utilize tools like ai and um you know just like free tools basically to make something that looks pretty darn good and you don't have to hire a designer or somebody from the get-go. You know, it could be a later down the step stage when you're with your business. Um, but in the beginning, you can kind of take use of these tools and, and go for it. And I'd like to give people more of the language on how to do that. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, you know what? This has been a fantastic conversation. And I hope that uh, you come back on PR 360 because I've already I've learned a ton here and I know our listeners have as well. So where can people find you online? Uh, what, tell us about your website. Where do you want people to go to learn more? Yeah, so my website is sanaahmed.com. Really simple. Um, you can also find me at Sana the Monster on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're on LinkedIn, you can come connect with me at Sana A. Ahmed as well. Awesome. And that's Sana spelled S-U-N-A. I'm sorry, S-A-N-A. Yes, S-A-N-A. 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 A-A-H-M-E-D. Wonderful. Uh Again, great, great speaking with you and uh, best of luck in all your endeavors this year. PR360 was produced by Todd Perry in partnership with Global Results Communications. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. Follow GRC on all socials at Global Results. Follow Todd on Twitter at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Talk to you next week.